Welcome back to the Maui Nokoi Magazine and Silver Shark Media Podcast. I'm Jason Evans of Silver Shark Media, and as always, we thank you for tuning in today and encourage you to subscribe and download to the podcast series. I'd like to welcome our next guest, Tim Dietrich, Assistant General Manager of Kapalua Golf and Tennis. So, Tim, thanks for taking the time to chat today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I look forward to it. Awesome. Well, you have a profession, I think, that many golf enthusiasts dream of, which is working in a world-class golf destination. So let's start off with your background just a little bit. So how did the world of golf become a profession for you? Well, it started as an obsession, like many golfers and uh, professionals, uh, you know, golf professionals (laughs) as well, where you just love the game and you just you know, couldn't imagine uh, a life where you were actually getting paid to do that. So it, it started that way. But golf isn't even my first sport. I kind of came to it in a roundabout way. I started off when I was young as a tennis instructor, tennis pro, and then ended up teaching skiing for 10 years and doing those two back and forth and got into sports management, recreation, and resorts. The next thing you know, I'm playing golf just because everyone else is. And I went, I said, wait a second, this is a great sport. So I got in a little bit late, but uh, I caught up as fast as I could. And, uh, um, you know, resort golf is just uh, mixes two of the things that I love the most resorts and golf. So I was, I really feel fortunate. Well, so let me ask you this. This is, I think, a, a common situation where you have a lot of uh, golf and tennis players kind of cross over into the other sport. What was the biggest adaptation for you coming from the tennis world um, into playing golf? Well, tennis and golf, they're similar. The games are, they're both error games where you're trying to eliminate your errors and, and uh, you know, you you know, strive towards perfection, but obviously tennis, you're playing against an opponent, whereas golf, you're playing against the course. And that's the biggest difference. So, you know, you you are much more uh, in control of how you approach a golf, your golf game than you are about tennis. You're tennis. You're obviously subjected to what the opponent's doing to you and what you got to do to comp- compensate for that. But you and golf, you know, it's just you and the ball and the course. So uh, it's a little different challenge that way. Yeah. So you go from tennis to skiing to golf, how does that path lead you to Kapalua? Interesting. Um, so I was, <laughs> I was in Asia working at a resort in Malaysia, and I fell in love with the Japanese culture. I ended up going to Japan to study Japanese. Next thing you know, I get recruited to go down to Guam, and I was in Guam for like 12 years in the resort business down there, playing golf and doing great things. And we, My family's from the west coast of, uh, the, uh, of the mainland, and uh, we kept coming through Hawaii, and, and the next thing you know, I was telling my wife, I'm saying, we got to stop this as a stopover. We got to just stop here. I mean, it's, we just got to stay. I, every time I get come to Hawaii, I'm happy. Every time I leave, I'm unhappy. So it's like that old expression. I wasn't born here, but I got here as fast as I could. Sure. And, it, and when, what year did you start at Kapalua? I actually started in uh, the fall of 2017, but I was on uh, Oahu for oh, 14 years before that. Wow, so I've so been in, a, in, in Hawaii for, I guess, 18 years now. You know how to pick your locations. I'll give you that. <laughs> it kind of comes with being in the resort business. I could tell you a couple of other places I spent some time that you know, would probably get you upset with me, but we won't go there. We'll stay at Kapalua. That's all right. That's all right. Kapalua is a good, a good landing point, a good landing point. So obviously, you know, Kapalua, legendary golf here, golf course here on Maui. But it did in 2018-19 go through a long refinement project. So what goes into making a decision like that um, for basically a course to redesign elements um, to such a scale that Kapalua did? 
Well, a, a few things. First of all, you have to have, you know, the, 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 the original course is how it was designed by Corey and Crenshaw was a track that, that, that took into account the slope, the wind, the grain, just basically the, the, the site that they had. And uh, over time, since golf courses are living entities, they change. They metamorphosize as, as we have to maintain them when we, when we aerate or top dress. And, you know, just through encroachment of, you know, invasive species of grass and things, the, the course changes. And, and it, it got away from the original design uh, from the perspective of the speed of the course. And let me explain that is that, you know, some of these holes are – um, are the longest par fours you'll ever play in your life. We have more par fours over 500 yards in length, uh, as well as more par fours under 400 yards in, in length because of the, the, the topography. Right. And uh, over, t- over time, um, due to you know, tops, top dressing and, and all, the greens changed their, their character. The, the uh, approaches got a little bit soft. And so the course played too slow for the average golfer to really enjoy the design of Mr. Corey and Mr. Crenshaw. And the, it became a little bit of a target practice for the pros because they have the, the length and they didn't have to worry about their ball running out of, uh, of the landing zone because the ball would stay. So that, that was not really the intention uh, to have a course that played slow. We needed a fast track. Um, if you look at how the, the, the green complexes are set up, there's, there's hardly any bunkers in front of any of the greens. So you can run your ball up into the green, much played on the ground. And that's exactly what, what needed to happen uh, considering the trade winds and considering the slope and then the grain of the grass. How difficult is that balance between you know, creating a professional caliber course, but also one that an amateur or um, just a hobbyist golfer can go out and enjoy? So first of all, that's a great question because, you know, for 51 weeks out of the year, it's, it's for the, the average golfer to come out and enjoy themselves. And then for one week out of the year, we're challenging the best golfers on the planet. And how do you balance that? Obviously, um, you know, a lot of things are targeted to making the week that the, the tournament of champions, the century tournament champions is happening is, uh, is critical. Um, it, it develops the brand and it certainly gives people a, you know, that, that I want to go play there kind of feeling. But once they get here, they have to enjoy the experience as well. And even though the course is quite long, it plays very fairly in that the, all the, all the holes that really were wind is, is a factor. They're pretty much downhill downwind. And when the, it's uphill into the wind, it's a short hole. But getting back to answering what you were saying is that it's, it's really a matter of that, you know, w- when you stand on the first tee and watch the, the golf, the professional golfers tee off and it's a 465, 75 yard par four, and they're going with a hybrid. Mm-hmm. because they don't want to hit it through the fairway and we're you know 40 50 yards farther in front and we're taking driver and hope that we bust it right that's how you make it it, it fair um, because they they can hit it so far but they can hit it into trouble whereas we're trying to reach the landing zone in the safe spot so there's a challenge for both uh, golfers you you mentioned the designers uh ben crenshaw bill core who uh, folks who are familiar with golf and golf courses will recognize those names but maybe explain to uh someone that might not be as a diehard follower of golf course design the significance of the people that designed this course and laid it out well 
Bill Corr and Brent Crenshaw are, are two. Of, obviously, Ben Crenshaw, you could talk about him as a player or a writer, cup captain. Or I mean, his credentials are over the top as far as, as a player. But he also is a historian of golf. He studies golf. He's he's just a he's he's a golfer at the heart from Utoda to the top of his head. And when he combines with someone with, like Bill Coor, who Coor, who has such a, a a great knowledge of agronomy and course design, between the two of them, it, it's just a magical combination. And and they've done some phenomenal courses throughout the world. You know, and, and then you've got two other entities on top of this with the designers. You have. Uh, um, Ty Management, the owner of the golf course, uh, Mr. Yanai, is, is tremendously supportive of of making sure that the golf course uh, is up to standard. And then with Troon involvement with the agronomy team that that Troon is able to provide, um, it's just a perfect blend. And then you add, of course, the magic of Kapalua, and so it's it's a, it's, it's really a, a a convergence of four elements that just it, it's unique. It's absolutely. absolutely unique. Yeah, absolutely. Well. So technology is something that's discussed a lot in golf, and it feels like every sport kind of eventually goes through a similar conversation. You know, you talk about tennis as your background. Tennis certainly went through a technology revolution um, with rackets. How important is it for golf courses to take kind of the evolving technology into consideration, um, kind of like Kapalua did with the refinement, and say, hey, maybe, you know, we might need to tweak some things here and there so that this new gear isn't giving too much of an advantage and still makes things challenging. Well, technology, the, the improvements in technology uh, have the biggest impact on the, on the top players of the world. I mean, they control their spin rate. They control their launch angle. They, they have the club head speed to take advantage of all of the, the, uh, um, you know, the advancements in technology. The average golfer, unfortunately, doesn't get a chance to hit enough golf balls to really hit the sweet spot, you know, ninety percent of the time. And so, it's, it is a challenge to to try and make the golf course kind of uh, fair from that perspective. Because no matter what, tennis got easier because of the two-handed backhand and the technology of the rackets. But golf, it, that ball is still small, and it's, yeah. you're still trying to hit it away. The challenge of becoming a good golfer. Uh, it, it hasn't changed. I, and in fact, if you really look at it, I think that the the average handicap of the the confirmed golfer hasn't really gone down significantly over the last 40, 50 years. It's just it's just a tough game, and and you have to have a certain perspective on it to appreciate the fact that you're only going to hit five or six shots around that you can really be proud of, and the rest are just good misses. Yeah, that little white ball will still drive you crazy. So yeah, all you gotta do is birdie the 18th hole, and you're in you're in heaven. Right? <laughs> so uh, if we go back, you know, the refinement project finishes. The course is open for business in November of 2019. Uh, you have the Century Tournament a couple months later in January of 2020, and things are going fantastic. And then a couple months later, you know, the world comes to a stop. So for the early days, kind of in March, um, what was that like from a business standpoint for Kapalua golf and tennis to kind of really get a sense of the next steps that were unfolding as news became more, you know, dire and dire at the time. Wow. You know, I, I, excuse me. I don't, I don't think that anyone knew what was going to happen. I don't think anyone had the idea or had inkling that what was going on in the world at that time was going to have such a dramatic impact on every single part of our existence. Yeah. And certainly, you know, uh, it, it's, it's not the time for us to, you know, to think about vacations and holidays when you're in a pandemic, there's right. no question about that. So I think everyone out here had a, had a big dose of reality, like everyone 
everywhere. You know, we, we just didn't know. We just, and luckily, I mean, we were on the kind of the edge of Maui. So we were kind of isolated and it, it didn't have the, the major impact that I'm sure um, many, many people felt. Yeah. Um, obviously from an economic and from a tourism standpoint, there was a huge impact, but I don't think that it, we felt it to the same degree um, other than, you know, what we could follow on TV. Yeah. And well, because, you know, golf is naturally, it's outdoors. It's, it's more of a socially distant sport inherently. Uh, it did become kind of one of the first activities that was allowed to resume, you know, lightly last summer. So what was that reopening process like? when you still had regulations kind of almost changing by the day on, on, you know, ways that you had to um, keep things safe, keep, keep people separate. What was that process like, you know, the early days of reopening? Well, I think, I think that golf, as you indicated, it was, is one of the sports that, that adapted very easily um, to easily is probably not the right word, but it, it certainly wasn't that much of a, of a challenge to get people to separate on the golf course and not pull the flag and pull the, you know, and, and basically give everyone their own cart and sanitize the cart because once they got out on the course, you know, they, they could socially distance very easily. And then with, you know, outdoors was, was one of the areas where you know, it was the safest to be. So um, that part of it, I think golf benefited tremendously from, from that. And, you know, it's, you, you really don't want to think that you're benefiting from a pandemic pandemic, but I think golf was a, a great answer for many people to endure the, the, the hardships that the pandemic, uh, you know, imposed on everyone. Yeah. Well, fortunately things started to trend back in the right direction towards the latter part of the year. Um, and you guys kind of fit that rare spot in the calendar where you actually didn't miss your landmark century event you had it pre-pandemic in 2020 um, and by 2021 in January they were you're still able to kind of put the event on safely so what was the experience like this year for Kapaloa um, being able to to host that tournament once again well we we're fortunate in that we're we're more of a television driven event in that we do have spectators and and volunteers and and people who come to um, actually be part of the event but we're not the same as you know, some of the other tournaments that really require um, lots and lots of people to come and fill the stands. And, and so for us to go in and really into almost the lockdown mode um, wasn't as challenging as for some of the other events. We uh, certainly, the television um, did a great job and uh, you know, it was in a way with, you know, we're so much less crowds to control. Um, it wasn't as, as challenging as some of the other venues, I believe. Right. Right. Well, no one knew what to expect coming out of this whole situation, but it does seem like tourism has picked up um, almost a bit quicker than maybe was anticipated. Does it feel like maybe more people picked up golf in 2020 as kind of this hobby or a sport that they knew that they could do when it was a little bit more uncertain? Are you seeing uh, maybe a trend of more intro golfers or, or newbie golfers that are coming up to either the driving range or, or play the course? Oh, Definitely. Uh, and I would think there is a significant number of people who are trying it out, but I think there's a significant number of people who are returning to golf mm -hmm. that have maybe gotten away from it and gotten into other activities. And then all of a sudden, you know, they realize, Hey, this is, this is a great way. I can still get out and get some fresh air and get some exercise and, you know, bring my clubs out of the closet and start playing again. So I think there's between the two of them, I think that, uh, that repopulated the, uh, the golf population. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, options up there. So if someone's planning a visit, 
that's listening that does not live here on Maui, or if someone does live here and is one of those people that maybe is getting back into their game, what are their options in terms of playing, whether it be just hitting balls at the driving range or setting up appointments um, to play the course? Well, we have, there's lots of golf on Maui. We, we like to think that the, you know, that, that the golf basically gave birth to Kapalua. It was, the, it was the original large attraction for people coming out to Kapalua. And, and uh, we, we still pride ourselves on both the courses. Um, you know, obviously the plantation has its reputation and its challenges. And it's something that, you know, every avid golfer should really step up and, and try and play if they come to Maui. The Bay course is just a ton of fun. I mean, it's, yeah. it has Maui's only hole over the water, and it's just spectacular. You play here on a December afternoon, and all of a sudden the whales are breaching, and you're just totally distracted because mm-hmm. they're right. You want to reach out and touch them. And then we've we've actually done a, a big refinement, or actually it's a, a reconstruction of our our practice facilities. Um, we've we've laser leveled all the tees. We've increased the uh, the amount of uh, hittable area to by twice. And uh, we've got two big practice greens and we've got a golf academy and we've got a lot of different ways for people to practice and play. So if someone is an avid golfer, even a beginning golfer, um, they're going to have a quality experience because, uh, you know, the range is good and it's solid. And we're always hitting off grass with good balls and we have solid rental clubs and there's a, there's quality golf to be had. And, uh, you know, I, I, I highly recommend it. Obviously I'm biased, but I think that, you know, for a golfer at heart or a becoming golfer at heart, uh, Kapalua is a pretty good spot to be. It's it's not bad. I've I've produced quite a few golf shows in in my television career, and uh, it is a hard backdrop to beat. I can I can tell you that. Yeah. So looking forward, late August, Kapalua Golf is hosting the 34th annual Clambake Invitational. So for those who don't know what that is, I will have you explain it, and then tell me um, with that, what are you most looking forward to? So the Clambake is uh, like you just said, 34 years of it. Obviously, we didn't do it last year. But it's it kind of is is metamorphosized from the original. You know, uh, um, people would come from the mainland and spend three days and just kind of golf out. Uh, it's kind of become a little bit um, more concise, if you will. Um, the plantation and the bay course are um, are co-hosts of the of the um, event. Um, we do limit the field. We do not want to have you know 60 teams in this, so we're only uh, accepting 24 teams, and it's 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 three amateurs and a golf professional. And uh, it's for the benefit of the, the Maui Special Olympics and, and West Maui Junior Golf. So we do it as a, as a give back to the, the community. We do it because it's, it's tradition and it's fun. Um, and it's, it's just a great time to get together with people. And, and I got, I'm thinking that about half of the participants fly over and have been flying over from the mainland for many years now. So it's, there's a good mix and it's a good camaraderie. There's obviously you see people that you only see them once a year, but, uh, it always seems like the weather is good and the uh, greens are fast. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a fun way to raise a lot of money for a great cause, as you mentioned, um, helping out with the Special Olympics, you know, fundraising with that. And so, Tim, the, the Century obviously is an annual event each year. So for those who are looking at their 2022 calendars, uh, what should they be penciling in or putting in pen, I should say, uh, for the Century next year? So the Century Tournament Champions will take place from January 6th through the 10th with the Pro-Am starting on the 5th. So um, they haven't released the tickets yet. That's typically it happens in uh, early August, but uh, they have a website and you can go there and, and stay in touch with that. But it's, uh, it's a, the 6th through the uh, 10th. I will end with some rapid-fire golf questions for you. Uh, what is okay. your favorite hole at Kapalua to play? 
on which course? I'm giving you both courses. Give it, okay, number 11 on the plantation, Just it's just an incredibly scenic course. And obviously I have to say 17 on the bay over the water. All right. Your favorite golf course, not named Kapalua. This could be anywhere in the world. This does not have to be Maui specific. Um, San Francisco Golf Club. All right. Your favorite player to watch currently? Current favorite player to watch? Mm-hmm. Xander Shoffley. Your favorite player of all time? Arnie. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm going to I'll say Arnie cuz he's just my popular, but I also I'm a big Ben Hogan freak. Oh, awesome. So I, I like that. Very cool. And then last one, what is your best tip for a new golfer, someone that is new to the golf game or maybe is intimidated by the golf game? Find an instructor that inspires you. That's a great one. That's a good one cuz that'll help make it, right? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just you got to get off on the right you know, right foot and you've got to have a positive experience and you got to get feeling that you can do this well tim thank you so much for taking the time i do appreciate it um it's a pleasure to talk to you and learn a little bit more uh, about kapalua golf and uh, the events that you guys have put on but also looking ahead to the ones that will start picking up a little bit more regularly starting uh, obviously in august with your invitational and for anyone who's interested in learning more about the course where should they go uh, maybe website social media what is the best way to keep tabs on kapalua golf um, obviously our website is, is good. We're also very, very, uh, present on all social media outlets. So that would be work as well. And, uh, I would say, uh, golf at Kapalua.com or one eight seven seven Kapalua, either way, phone call or on the web. Perfect. Sounds great. Well, Tim, thank you for your time. Right. Much appreciated. Thank you so much, Jason. Look forward to teeing it up with you sometime. Absolutely. Aloha.